she feels really guilty and I think that's why she doesn't want me to hate her she thinks that I should hate her and I don't hate her um it does make me angry now that like you're wasting time and we could be like we could be going forward but like I don't hate you for giving me up like I really don't hate her Who am I? 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 This is Who Am I Really? A podcast about adoptees that have located and connected with their biological family members. I'm Damon Davis, and on today's show is Brianna, who called me from Jacksonville, North Carolina. Brianna learned that she was fostered, then adopted, but for financial gain. Her adopted mother was abusive, and Brianna ultimately ran away from home to the military. But before boot camp, she contacted her birth mother and learned the hard truth about her conception. In reunion, she was forced to watch her birth father's judgment for his actions. This is Brianna's journey. The weekend I spoke to Brianna, she was teaching her six-year-old daughter to ride her bicycle. When she spoke of her parents, she said they never really talked about adoption. But she remembers a time when she was six years old at church when her status as an adoptee stood out in her mind. When we joined the church, they introduced themselves and they said, we adopted four kids and we have two of our own. So they didn't talk about it and they didn't really want to talk about it. My dad was more like, know, where your parents, we raised you, or the ones who, who've taken care of you, you know. So we left it alone. It wasn't like a, a topic. Brianna's siblings, who were biological to her parents, were many years older than the adoptees in their home. You heard Brianna say she has four adopted siblings. Brianna is in the middle of the adoptees. They were all foster children first, adoptees who didn't know their own stories. Her parents had adoption folders for every child, which Brianna found in their garage. They had pictures and photo books for every child. She learned that some of her adopted siblings were children of drug-addicted parents. Brianna located everyone's folder except her own, which was frustrating. She talks a bit about why her parents fostered them first. They said that they adopted us because they needed money and there was money to foster care. And they got paid. For us, And then they were offered more money if they adopted us. So they actually got paid up until we were, we graduated from high school. So originally that's why they went in the foster care thing. So I don't, I, I guess eventually it wasn't like a need. So yes. did you, could you feel that need? Like were, how were they as parents? I guess what I'm asking is when I think of, parents who choose to foster out of financial need i have a I, i'll admit i have a little bit of a negative feeling in my yes. gut about that tell me about your home in terms of this particular stereotype I, that i have i say like the the home was really like a hostile place to be like i avoided my my house and i think like now that i'm older i know that my dad avoided the house because of like my mom, I think I'm pretty sure she struggled with mental illness, but like my dad, I told you, like he always lived away. He always worked away. Like he only came to visit us on the weekends 
And, like, he would tell us, like, once we got, like, to teenagers, we'd be like, why can't, like, why won't you, like, divorce her? Or why won't you, like, let us move in with you or something? And he was like, you know, this could be, like, you guys could be worse off if you were with, like, your biological families or if you were somewhere else. Like, it could be worse, you know? And he kind of left it at that. And he was really, like, soft-spoken. Like, he didn't say very much. So I can't say, like, he was horrible, but my mom, like, she did really horrible things to us and would say things to us so no i can't say my childhood was great and um at all and i was a very depressed child um now that i'm older i can realize i realized that brianna described herself as a quiet keep to herself kind of child so people may not have recognized her depression she's a writer and a poet not really much for talking her siblings were more boisterous, outspoken, throwing tantrums and that kind of thing. Brianna describes herself as a people pleaser who earned straight A's in school. Like I tried to do everything perfect and like I was a helper to like to like avoid my mom. Like we never knew how she was gonna be like when we walked in the house, you know, like from school. Like how is how is she gonna be today? I and she would tell us like if it wasn't for my medication, you know. <laughs> So, like, you could tell, like, they didn't, I don't think they adopted because they wanted us, you know. I do think, I'm pretty sure, I know that they love us. Um, like, they, 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 I, my dad loved us, I know. And I'm pretty sure my mom loved us, but I think because whatever it is going on with her mentally, like, something was wrong, you know. Interesting. Did you say something, tell me what you were about to say with regard to her saying, you can tell when I'm not on my meds or something like that. What was that? <laughs> she, uh, my mom was really abusive, so I, I don't, I don't think I should get into the abuse that she would do. But like, she would do stuff, and then she would be like, "If it wasn't for my medication, like, you guys would probably be dead," type of thing. You know, like, if it wasn't for my medication. Brianna's adopted father stayed away from their home a lot, working in other cities, coming home on weekends to visit, but never staying in that environment. He died when she was 16 years old. She said she remembers her mom having a boyfriend a short time thereafter. I asked Brianna when she got the urge to search. I'm pretty sure I had those feelings since I was a little kid, but I always felt like my mom would come back for me or she would come find me, so I never actually thought of looking for her. But my senior year, I actually, um, I ran away. I left and I moved in with um, leaders um, through Young Life. I met through Young Life and they let me live with them. And I was leaving for Marine Corps boot camp and they were like, oh, it'd be so cool if you actually like looked for your biological mom right before you left. I was like, oh, okay. So in September 2010, at 19 years old, she contacted the adoption agency who committed to send her redacted non-identifying information. A week later, her information arrived. 50 pages worth of info. Everything was redacted except on one page, the woman's last name was still visible. On another, the college she attended was visible too. She also found the city her birth mother was moving to after Brianna's birth. Brianna went online to Facebook and searched for women with that first and last name combination with an association with the same college. And I scrolled through all those people, and I found her through Facebook because, well, her first name is Nicole, and my middle name is Nicole, and she looks exactly like me. So I contacted her, and I was like, hi, I think, I think you're my mom, and 
Like, I would do anything to get to know her and get to know my birth mom. And your first name is Nicole and my middle name is Nicole. So, like, what a coincidence. And, like, two hours later, she, like, messaged me back and was like, I believe I am your birth mom. So, like, yeah, that was September 2010. So you were so bold as to just straight up message her and be like, bam, this is me. What's up? Oh, my gosh. Yes. I. That's amazing. I was supposed to wait. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, thank. I was supposed to wait because the family I live with, um, they were like, "We'll just wait till we get home." Because I was like, "I think I found her." She's like, "Wait till we get home," and I was like, "I can't wait." Sorry, I did. I I just can't wait because I was like, "She looks just like me." The women exchanged lots of messages. Brianna's birth mother shared that she made a Facebook page because she wanted to be found. Brianna told me that her adopted parents changed every one of her adopted siblings' names. Brianna assumed her name had been changed too. Her birth mother let her know that she grew up with the name she was given at birth. And she was named after her birth mother because Brianna's middle name, Nicole, is her birth mother's first name. The women emailed back and forth for a while, and her birth mother told her everything. Like she was originally supposed to she was originally supposed to um keep me, but her mom, she hit the pregnancy, um the whole entire entire time her sister was the only one that knew and she was supposed to graduate and move in with her sister and keep me but her mom found out i was born on her graduation day her mom found out and her mom was like no you need to like you need to give her up so like i guess they got into it and she ended up following through with the adoption wait so just to, to go back for a second you said yes. you were born on your birth mother's graduation day? Yes. And the pregnancy had been kept a secret up until that point? Yes. Her sister is the only one that knew. How did she do that? Do you know? Because, I mean, <laughs> as you're question. going through your she senior she year, big... you know, your your mom is after you for prom, for this, for that. You're like, there's no way to escape your yeah. parents. How did, how did she do that? I... I have no idea. She lived with her mom, but um, she said she wore big clothes and she just, I guess, like tried to avoid her. But they were, they were definitely like that year. She said it was definitely like a lot of fighting happening between them. So um, I'm not sure how she got away with that. But can you imagine what that must have been like for her I to I, I either try to go to graduation and can't? Or go to graduation and then go directly to the hospital. I mean, that must have been surreal. Yeah. Nope, she couldn't. Yeah, she didn't even make it. She didn't make it to graduation? No, she didn't. Brianna thought it was pretty cool that she was born on her mother's graduation day. Her birth mother said she almost made it to her goal of graduating and moving in with her sister. But she made it to graduation day and then, like, her mom still made her give me up, so... I think that's a little defeating, I say. Yeah, that's a sensitive spot. Yeah, I could imagine. Brianna told me she was getting a lot of information from her birth mother, so I asked if she learned about the circumstances for her conception. Unfortunately, this is what she learned. I was conceived through sexual assault or rape. So my, my dad actually is on the news. In the newspaper currently right now, he just went to his trial and he's sentenced to life now, but he's a serial rapist, like 
very famous where I'm from, I guess. <laughs> so um, she did tell me, like, it was very detailed how she told me everything went down. And she just kind of, she said, like, she was really, like, I want to answer any question. I didn't even ask her. I, I don't even think I cared at the time. But, like, she wanted to make sure that I knew that I could ask her anything. And she was willing to tell me everything. But it was a lot. I didn't even ask for the information. So keep in mind, Brianna is 19 when she learned all of this in September of 2010. She was leaving for Marine Corps boot camp, one of the most grueling physical and mental experiences a young person can endure. And she just found her birth mother. And she learned that she was conceived out of a violent act. I asked her how she felt at that time. I don't think I really had time to think about that kind of stuff at the time. Um, I was I was excited. I didn't think I would be excited to find her. But I was excited that I found her. So, like, to me, that was exciting. And I didn't want her to keep talking about that because it seemed very heavy. Um, being that I, I left my house due to um, sexual trauma of my own. So that's why I was running away. So, like, I don't think at that time, I don't think I wanted to focus on that. Um, mm-hmm. You needed so to I bury didn't. that. Yes. And mm. she was like, whatever you do, don't contact them. Like, don't look, go, don't, like, whatever you do, don't contact him. He's really dangerous. And stay away. I wanted to go back for a moment because I had been thinking through her story in reverse order to that moment. She was heading off to boot camp discovered her violent conception, found her birth mother online after running away from home not too long after her adopted father had died. I don't care who you are, that's a lot. When I asked Brianna about her adopted father's death, she said she never really processed it. Then she began to talk about her own feelings. They say that um, I have issues like connecting with people. So, like, to me, it's like, okay, besides, I can't say that because my daughter is, like, the only one I feel like, okay, I can have a relationship with and I'm fine. But, like, I do, I did, I've always had a hard time connecting with people or, like, I don't want to say, I I definitely cared about people, but I didn't, like, I didn't really feel very much, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So, like, when he passed, I was like, okay, I just remember it was so dramatic and people were, like, people definitely supported our family during that time. Um, especially the school, the school was really supportive, but like, yeah, my dad passed away and two weeks later, my mom moved this guy from my church into our house. So my parents were married for 26 years. So to me and to all of, well, actually I want to say all of the the kids, we were like, are you serious? It was kind of confusing for us. Brianna said her dad was kind of the glue that kept the family together. Thanksgivings changed from massive family events to nothing. Her brother moved out. Her sister was sent to an all-girls home, and Brianna ran away because she was being sexually abused. She didn't say who her abuser was. Brianna started her United States Marine Corps career at 29 Palms in California went to Cherry Point, North Carolina, then returned to Camp Lejeune before leaving the military in 2017. I wanted to hear more about how much contact Brianna had with her birth mother during her military service. Boot camp, 
I had no contact at all. She said she would write me. Actually, right before I left for boot camp, she wanted to meet me, but she didn't show up. But during boot camp, like, she didn't write me. And then after that, like, you are pretty much, you're you're pretty much able to do whatever you want, Um, like, outside of working hours or outside of training hours. So um, we did like text back and forth or email. It wasn't very like a real genuine. I would say it was just like, Hey, I'm good. That was pretty much it. Um, during that time, like she ended up, she actually ended up divorcing her husband during that time because her husband didn't even know about me. (laughs) He didn't know about me until I contacted, um, her originally and was like, hi, I think you're my mom, that kind of thing. But, um, he felt like, he was trying to support her because she was like super depressed and he didn't know why. So like he would try to send her to counseling and try to, but like he had no idea that she gave a a child up for adoption. So like he had emailed me during, like, I think I was at, I had just came back from boot camp. He was like, Oh my gosh, you look just like Nicole. You're a little version of her. And he was like, don't tell your mom that I'm emailing you, but like, this is shocking to me that she has a child. She never told me that. And I was like, well, I don't feel comfortable that you're emailing me, especially if you don't want Nicole to know. So Brianna told Nicole that her husband had been in touch. Nicole kind of already knew that was going to happen. She and her ex-husband reassured Brianna that her emergence was not the reason for their divorce. Turns out they have two children, so Brianna has younger siblings on her maternal side. They were 5 and 12 when Brianna reached out to Nicole. I think I assumed that they would tell them I existed, but they never did. So, like, I think I backed off during my military time. I kind of backed off because I, it was so much work going on or so much of something going on that I wasn't really focused on, like, having a relationship with her. So I wasn't really focused on that. When I had my own child, I think I did, like, oh, I was curious, like, oh, look, you have a grandchild. But, like, I don't think she was that interested either. And then when I got out of the military in 2017, I was really like, I want more kind of thing. You know, like, I have more time to focus on this relationship. I have more time to get to know you. So, like, I was really interested then. So it was kind of like starting all the way over. And we haven't met. (laughs) You and your biological mother have not met? No, we haven't met. It's confusing to me still because she says she wants to meet me. She always says she wants to meet me. And then she's like, she doesn't want to meet. And like she always has an excuse kind of thing. So um, we haven't met. (laughs) And her kids don't. Well, her son knows. I actually contacted him last year, 2018, and I was like, oh, like, I'm your sister, and, like, I'm Nicole's oldest, like, uh, Nicole had me when I was, when she was um, back in 1991, and he was like, he was like, oh, this is so great, like, he always knew there was something, but he didn't know what it was, so he was really welcoming, and um, he's a poet. So I was like, yay, I'm a po- I write poetry. He writes <laughs> poetry, so that's pretty cool. But, like, um, I haven't reached out to her daughter. who he's, he's, He was 19 when I reached out to him. But um, her, the daughter, I haven't reached out to because she's only, like, 
14 now, 14 or 15. Focusing on how Brianna said it was confusing that her birth mother said she always wanted to meet her daughter but never followed through, I asked her to tell me about when they failed to connect before she left for Marine Corps boot camp. Brianna said it happened twice during those two weeks before her departure. There was a going away party for Brianna, which she invited her birth mother to attend. She was disappointed when her birth mother didn't show. She claimed she had work stuff come up at the last minute. The second time, they were supposed to meet at a restaurant midway between them. Can you go back for a minute to your mom, your biological mother, not meeting you? You said that when you were in either boot camp or you were stationed somewhere, she was supposed to meet you and never showed up. Tell me what happened. Uh, okay. So right before I left for boot camp, like we were having a, a party, um, like my going away party. And she said she was going to come and she didn't come. She said that she had work stuff to do. And that was like the week before with my going away party. And then like, we were actually supposed to meet in Ohio and I was on my way there and she just didn't come. So <laughs> she said that she had stuff come up. So she, she stood you up somewhere? Yes. Where were you that she were supposed to meet she you? She said work. Uh, we were supposed to meet halfway between Indiana and Ohio. She's in Columbus. So it's like three hours. And what what do you remember? I, I'm, I'm sensitive to the fact that you've said that you've been challenged to connect with people over time. So what did it, do you recall what it felt like for you to be stood up by this person who said they want to meet you and you've driven it several hours to go there? I think for me, uh, well, because of her, like I really, at that time I was okay. Like it was crushing, but at the same time it was like, okay, it's okay. Because you know, it's my, like, I was still super excited about the thing. Like, Oh, she has work. Oh, something came up. So, like, I think I was fine, but I think now that I'm older, like, it's more crushing than it was then. But I think I was, I think it was, like, sad, but it wasn't, like, a big deal because I had so much going on. And, like, looking, I did screenshot and save emails, but <laughs> looking at the emails, it was, like, hey, like, what's going on? Like, why, are, why do you not want to talk to me? And, like, looking at the emails, it's, like, she's she's doing the same thing that she's she's done in the past, you know, like, like, Oh, I'm so excited. And then, Oh, I just had this come up and I'm just so tired and a lot. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Like I was okay. But I, um, it did feel like I was like a little child (laughs) hoping that she would want to try again or keep trying again, you know? So I think because it was so fresh back then, like it was only like two weeks of going back and forth two or three weeks that I was okay with it. It wasn't that big of a deal. Since Brianna has identified her birth mother's pattern of behavior, I wondered if she felt like she wanted to confront her about it. She said they've talked on the phone and she's tried to raise the issue from time to time. We didn't talk about this stuff. Like, why do you keep standing me up type of thing? Or like, why do you, like, do you not want to progress type of thing? You know, like, she avoids these conversations. So if I do bring them up, and I text it to her or something, she will not respond to me. So so I've learned just not to even bring it up. Yeah. She does not respond if I ask, like, oh, like, did you t- talk to your daughter about this? Or do you not want to meet? And she she will say, I've never told you I don't want to meet you. Um, and, I, and she'll say things like, 
oh, I think I can visualize one day that we'll meet. So, like, recently I did say, like, well, I guess we're never going to meet. I did say that, like, a month ago. And she was just like, she was like, well, I, I see us meeting one day, maybe one day. <laughs> so it's always maybe. Um, she did. We did talk about, like, she feels really guilty. And I think that's why she doesn't want me to hate her. She thinks that I should hate her, and I don't hate her. Um, it does make me angry now that, like, you're wasting time and we could be, like, we could be going forward. But, like, I don't hate you for giving me up. Like, I really don't hate her. And I think that I jumped into my childhood too fast, like, telling her about my childhood too fast and my experiences. I felt really comfortable with telling her that, and I really think I should have waited because I think that kind of, like, shocked her type of thing and where... I don't know. Like, I think she assumed that my childhood would be perfect. Oh, I see. And the fact that... Yeah. Yeah, I've I've been thinking as you're talking about everything that she might be going through, too. And I didn't know until you just said this that... And I hadn't even put two and two together. That you were conceived out of violence. And then you have also had a life experience of trauma and of course as you've said she would have hoped that you would have had a better life than what she might have been able to provide or could have been mentally ready to provide given how you were conceived and then it sounds like as you've said you've revealed too early that it wasn't the the picture that she would have painted for you yes um but i also as you were talking i was thinking about the fact that um as with any birth mother when this child comes back, it brings back every single thing that even led up to the child's conception, let alone the aftermath for her as a person. And I'm wondering if her inability to actually physically show up with you is partially because mentally it has brought it all back and to physically see you as an adult will also then bring it all back even though it could yeah. end up eventually being healing in time that, that's got to be tough that has got to be hard and the yeah. fact that you just said this person who attacked her is currently in the news like that's even worse because now <laughs> she can't escape it so right oh, man she she definitely can't yeah and i think I think up until recently, I am just now realizing, like, she has a lot of trauma, and I can't completely keep saying, like, oh, you don't want to meet me. Like, it's because it's a lot. And, like, even though she says, oh, it has nothing to do with it, like, you're a part of me, she does say, like, oh, you're a part of me, like, this has nothing to do with it. But, like, she she told me, she definitely told me, like, she's strong. She doesn't want to, like this does not control her type of thing. So, um, we did this, this last year, last year we had, we did have a conversation and she did say like how she felt. And like one time, one time we had a good conversation about her feelings and she just feels really, she feels really guilty. And like, she didn't even know my parents got paid. So like to her, it was like, she could have, she could have used that money to take care of, taking care of me but like I'm not like I'm not upset about my childhood at all because it's how, like it's how I got to where I am and I'm 
I'm okay with that, you know? Yeah. But yeah, it's it, it's definitely hard on her. And I, I cannot imagine seeing that guy on the news. Can you imagine? Brianna's birth mother was raped. She found Nicole, but they haven't fully reunited. And in the midst of it all, the trial for Nicole's serial rapist is playing out on the local television stations, bringing back all of the trauma for Brianna's birth mother. After she left for Marine Corps boot camp, she went through a phase of doubting that this man was even the guy. She pulled out her non-identifying information to look for the guy's name. She realized the name her birth mother gave her for this guy was not the name on her non-ID. Nicole told her that's the name he was going by back then. I actually contacted his sisters, and she was like, nobody knows that name because it was like a nickname, I guess, that nobody knows. And then his sister actually did the um, DNA test for me and to like verify that we're related. Uh, and it came back so positive. I guess that, that worked out, but yeah. Hmm. But I, I guess I never thought about all the things that keep coming up for her, you know? Yeah. That she has to deal with. Yeah. Was that, you were at a place where you wanted to, you didn't want to believe that he was the guy. Was it a little bit hurtful to, yeah. for the aunt <laughs> to confirm that he is the guy? Yeah. Um, because I told you, I didn't really focus on my dad the, this whole time up until last year and it was because i was like don't contact him like he's really dangerous and like i started actually looking into like all the news articles and stuff that was on the internet and i was like this can't be i was going through my own like recovery period for myself so to me i was like this can't be a part of my life like sexual assault can't be like it can't be a part of me type of thing and then i Tried to believe that, yeah. I don't know why I included him, but, like, I wanted to believe that he was not a part of me. And, oh, well, he is. But I've learned through my own counseling, I'm good now, that, you know, he's not really, it's not a part of me. It's not a part of who I am. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's just something someone has done. Right. That's right. It's, I had another guest say a similar thing that it doesn't define who I am. I am who I am right. regardless of how I got here. I want to ask you something else about okay. your interactions with your biological mother because you've said some really powerful things here to me. And I'm wondering if you have taken a moment as a writer, a poet to sit and write down some of this forgiveness and regurgitate some of her own words back to her so that she can hear from you that that you acknowledge some of the things that you've heard her say she feels and to tell her very directly that you forgive her, you don't hate her and stuff. Because a phone conversation is one thing where there's back and forth and you can hear the person's voice and you can immediately start thinking, yeah. oh, here's how I'm going to respond to that. And, and you can get in you know defensive mode and put your wall up. Yeah. But when you read somebody's letter, you can't talk back to them. And you have to absorb everything that they've said all at once. And I just wonder, have you thought about writing her a letter that says, I don't hate you. I forgive you. What happened does not define us. I'm hoping to move forward. I know this is traumatic for you. 
Um, but I'm hoping that, you know, we can work through this together. Like, have you thought about that and have you done it? <laughs> um, I think I've written her before, but I, and I've written poetry for her before, but I think it wasn't from a place of, I'm not mad at you. I think it was from a place of hurt pretty much. You know what I mean? It wasn't like, I'm not mad at you. Like, I, I understand. And I, and I really think that now, like recently in the last few couple of weeks that I've, I'm at a place to where I'm saying like, Oh, like you've gone through a lot. I, I wasn't looking from that lens, from that one, from the lens I was looking at was why do you keep leaving me? Or like from when I was a baby and how much I love you, that kind of thing. It wasn't, I mean, I hear you. I see what you're, what what's happening you know yeah i i haven't gone that way and i feel like i should i really do because i gave up on that kind of stuff because i feel like she doesn't want like if we text she just she does not want to read a whole bunch of stuff it needs to be simple uh -huh. so i just felt like she wasn't like a loving buddy type of person <laughs> yeah so um i i ended up stop, stopping that because i think last mother's day i sent something pretty pretty much from my heart and I didn't get any response back. So I um, I think that was kind of like, kind of hurtful, I think. As we closed, I asked Brianna how she felt about her journey and how it has impacted her as a mother. I appreciate you taking time, Brianna, to tell your story. This is, this is really fascinating. Let me ask you something else, if you don't mind. Yes. Given all that you've been through in your adopted family, with your biological mother, learning about your origin, and now you're a mother yourself. How how do you go into parenting with your daughter? Uh, <laughs> I'm I feel like I'm very cautious about everything that I do and everything that I say. Um, I don't know. It's so different because my. I, it's my daughter and I love her so much and I will do anything to make sure I'm good and like mentally healthy and physically healthy to make sure she's physically and mentally healthy, you know? Um, so I really just feel like it's, it's a love approach. Um, it's not, it feels really natural. I don't know how anyone else can, cannot feel the natural, um, love that's there. So that's really it, I guess. Yeah. I love my child a lot. <laughs> I'm sure she loves you too. Yeah. That's really cool. Well, Brianna, thank you so much for taking time to share your story. I appreciate it. And thank I know you. that other adoptees too appreciate hearing the reality that you've lived. And I'm glad that you're in a in a good place where you've recognized like yeah. the things that have preceded this moment have not defined me as a person. It is me. Yeah. And and how I I navigate these experiences that defines me as a person. Right. And I think that's really awesome. <laughs> take thank care, you. Brianna. Thanks so much for the call. I appreciate it. You too. All Bye. right. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, it's me. Brianna lived what first mothers never want to hear, that their child was potentially worse off out of their own care. She said she tried to break free from the fact that her birth father was a serial rapist, but when their biological connection was confirmed, 
therapy helped her see that she has the power to define how she views herself as a woman and a mother. She has built the strength within herself to see that how she was conceived does not define who she is. I can't even imagine what her birth mother is going through with Brianna's return coinciding with the trial of her attacker in recent news. I hope she can find the strength to meet Brianna one day so that they both can continue to heal together. I'm Damon Davis, and I hope you'll find something in Brianna's journey that inspires you, validates your feelings about wanting to search, or motivates you to have the strength along your journey to learn. Who am I, really? If you like the show, I hope you'll support me on PayPal or Venmo. You can find me at paypal.me slash Damon Davis or Venmo at Damon L. Davis. I hope you'll leave a rating wherever you get your podcast. I try to read as many as I can because they inspire me to keep going. And as you know, those ratings can help others to find the podcast too.